You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. For the season previews this year, doing a topic to start things off and then preview one American League and one National League team for fantasy purposes. In today's episode, a look at pitcher wins before we look at the Kansas City Royals and Miami Marlins. So one of the things about pitcher wins is it's sort of a fading fantasy category. There are uh, a lot of leagues where they're starting to change uh, what they will offer. And I've seen some uh, where innings pitched uh, will be the, the category as opposed to uh, wins or uh, quality starts. And I guess for the most part, I'm not quite there yet. I'm, I'm fine with taking wins as a category. It's, uh, I understand it is flawed. It is not the, uh, the ultimate judge uh, of a player's ability. At the same time, uh, you know what you're uh, trying to get there. Uh, the, the players who can produce wins, uh, there are things, you know, the team that they're on, uh, the, how deep they go into games. There, there are these factors that, uh, consistently play into which guys win the most games. Uh, and, and it doesn't always mean that's the best pitcher. You know, we, Jacob deGrom has shown us, uh, if nothing else, he has shown us that. Uh, and so look, we can look back at, uh, the number of, say, 15 game winners. Uh, and go back to last season, 2020. Uh, if you look at uh, pro rating uh, last season, the number of pitchers with six wins, which would work out to 16.2 wins, there were 10. Uh, the number with five wins, which would work out to 13.5 uh, pro rating it, there were 20. So if you kind of ballpark it somewhere in between, it's in the neighborhood. Uh, there would have been about 15, 15 game winners last season on, on a prorated basis. Uh, 2019 was 14. Uh, 2018 was 18. 2017 was 16. 2016, there were 22. Okay, so the, in the past, say, five years, there's been a bit of a de- decline, uh, however gradual. Now, in 2015, there were only 13. Uh, but 2010, there were 24. 2000, there were 25. Uh, and I don't think we're going back to those days. I think the days of there being 24 or 25 uh, starters who, who can get you 15 wins is, uh, that's outdated. Uh, the way pitchers are used, uh, it just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case now. So it, it seems that uh, the shift in, in usage has already happened and it's already affected, uh, how many, uh, pitchers are, are sort of viable sources for wins. Um, and at this point there are basically 15 or so that you can, uh, look to as being, uh, candidates to, to win 15 games. Uh, or, well, I guess there'd be more candidates, but 15 that will be successful. Uh, and so I don't, I don't necessarily see that number changing, which means there, there's a scarcity uh, in, that, uh, in that category. And so if you find uh, guys who can win games, th- there's value to that. Now, do you have any uh, great secrets for predicting who's going to be uh, a winning pitcher? Well, probably not. Uh, you know, most people are going to look at uh, Dodgers starters and Yankees starters and, and Braves starters because, you know, they're good teams. And if they, they have good veteran pitchers who, who are going to go deep into games, then they're more likely to win. But let's take a look. Who, who are the leaders over the past three seasons? Well, number one is Garrett Cole. He, he's won 42 games. 
And uh, two of those seasons were with Houston Astros, and then last season with the Yankees. Uh, and you know, you're you're a pitcher who who's a workhorse, who at least in in the modern era, he's a workhorse. Uh, and so you know, Cole is kind of a natural uh, to expect a lot of wins. Uh, number two is Justin Verlander. Uh, who basically you know missed almost all of last season because he needed Tommy John surgery, and, and he has 38 wins uh, over the past three seasons. Now Verlander is another pitching for a strong team. You would go deep into games. Uh, good chance that he's going to get a lot of wins. Um, obviously, that's not going to affect uh, anything in 2021 as Verlander recovers uh, from Tommy John surgery. Uh, number three, Zach Greinke. Uh, who's at 36 wins, also uh, getting time with uh, the Astros and. Uh, and Dodgers and, and Diamondbacks, like Granky has moved around a bit uh, at this stage of his career, uh, but he continues to be effective and he'll go deep into games. Now, he's tied uh, with Marco Gonzalez, which I would consider that a bit of a surprise. Uh, one, because Seattle hasn't necessarily won a ton, uh, and Gonzalez doesn't have the, the reputation of guys like Cole and Verlander and Granky, but he's won 36 games over the past three seasons, and, and that you know, shouldn't be ignored entirely. At the same time, uh, I don't know how much to attribute uh, to Marco Gonzalez that that he's, you know, necessarily a, a great source of wins for 2021. If you don't think the Mariners are going to be any good, uh, is Gonzalez going to still win games despite the rest of the team? Uh, that's that's a tough one to, to figure. Uh, so beyond uh, Gonzalez, we've got Max Scherzer, who's won 34 games over the past three seasons, uh, in a tie with Shane Bieber, Aaron Nola, and John Lester. Well, Scherzer uh, is a natural fit, a guy who's pitched for contender and and pitched well and goes deep into games. Bieber uh, is, you know, was the best pitcher in baseball last season, so the fact that he's up here should come as no no shock. Uh, Nola, again, a a quality pitcher uh, who you know, his pitch for at least a competitive team. Uh, now, John Lester is a bit of a surprise, uh, I suppose, that now the Cubs have been good, and that's that's certainly helped Lester. Uh, and he's going forward, I would not expect John Lester to be a big source of wins, uh, but he's also, you know, a guy who can eat up innings. And, and if you kind of stay in the game long enough for a good team, uh, you can still find your way to uh, to some W's. Uh, Charlie Morton had 33 wins over the past three seasons. Mike Fires had 33 wins. Uh, Morton, uh, being in Atlanta this year, might still be a good source of wins. And, and perhaps Fires is, is still a good source of wins. He's just, uh, I think his performance overall uh, makes him sort of fringy for fantasy value. Uh, and then three pitchers at 32 wins. Lance Lynn at 32, who's probably going to have a good value uh, for the White Sox this year. Rick Porcello at uh, 32 wins. Certainly not a, a, a big pr- uh, projection for what he's going to do in 2021. Uh, and Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, who's won 32 games over the past three seasons, even though he didn't pitch last year uh, because of COVID. And so, uh, as you can see, when you go through that list of the the the, t- the pitchers who have won the, the most over the past uh, three seasons... You know, some of them are, are kind of names you would expect. The the Cole and, and Scherzer and Verlander and, and Granke, Bieber. Th- those are guys who are going to be going relatively high in, uh, among pitchers anyway because they, they have other uh, solid statistics. But uh, as you can see, there are also some guys who kind of sneak their way in, into this list that you're, uh, you know, you, you don't expect uh, Rick Porcello or Mike Fires uh, to be among the, the tops in a pitching category. And so 
These are uh, some of the factors to consider. Now let's uh, take a look at uh, some of the pitchers among qualified uh, starters over the past three years who have not won games. And, you know, for the most part, these are guys you're, you're not going to be that interested in fantasy. Uh, Andrew Kashner uh, and Martin Perez, they're at 15. Now remember, these are the guys who at least have uh, qualified uh, as starters over the past three seasons. Uh, Kevin Gosman uh, is at 16 wins. Now he, he also pitched in relief uh, for a season, so that you know, keeps his total down a little bit. But when Gosman's on, uh, I wouldn't say that he's incapable of winning games. Uh, Cole Hamels, who didn't pitch last season at 16 wins. Madison Bumgarner, who probably wishes he didn't pitch last season at, at 16 wins. Uh, Steven Matz uh, had, a, had a really rough uh, 2020, but he's at 16 wins. Uh, and Wade LeBlanc uh, at 16 wins. And so, you know, none of those guys are, are certainly blue chip fantasy uh, pitchers and not just because of uh, their low win totals, uh, but kind of, in combination, uh, the fact that these guys aren't winning games, uh, that makes them even even less desirable, I suppose. Uh, then we've got Andrew Heaney at 17, Anthony DiSclefani 17, Chris Sale at 18, obviously injury-related uh, for Sale. Joe Musgrove at 18. Now, Musgrove moving out of uh, Pittsburgh to San Diego. Uh, you know, this is a chance for him to, you know, get real run support and, uh, and maybe put up uh, some better numbers. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez, 18, Jacob Junis, 18, and Chase Anderson, 18. Well, you see, all these guys who are, are at low win totals aren't really that fantasy relevant for the most part. You know, a few guys here, like like Sale, when he's healthy, certainly is, and uh, Bumgarner before last season was. Uh, and, you know, you can you know make an argument for the likes of Kevin Gosman and Joe Musgrove, who kind of in the right situation, uh, if everything is going okay, uh, th- they can have fantasy value. I would have I would have thought Di Scalfani had fantasy value before he got rocked last season. But so, you know, some of these guys are going to be fantasy relevant, uh, but I also don't know that you can you know dismiss uh, the their low win totals uh, when you're kind of evaluating them overall. Uh, and, and, you know, some of it may just be they're, they're on a team that doesn't give them enough run support. And, you know, you can't change that. And as long as you understand that that's part of the, uh, the calculation, that's why I don't think it's un- unreasonable to have wins as part of the, uh, the fantasy landscape. But uh, I do understand uh, why some people want to make some changes there. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now, it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. We have a couple of matchups today. First one is Caramel Brownie against Cherry Barcia. Uh, and for all you Grateful Dead fans, I, I understand you might be siding with Cherry Barcia here, but uh, that's a no-go for me. I'm Caramel Brownie all the way. Uh, I don't, I don't even think that one should be close. Uh, then we move on to lemon almond cheesecake against carrot cake with walnuts. And unfortunately, I haven't had either one of these, so I'm, I'm flying blind. Uh, I think I will just I'll ride with lemon almond cheesecake uh, because I'm not a huge carrot cake guy in general. Uh, so uh, definitely like caramel brownie. Uh, and I because I have to pick one winner, I'm going to go with lemon almond cheesecake. But go to builtbar.com and you can see uh, how the bracket is playing out. Or you can go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Uh, remember, use promo code LOCKEDON20. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. 
We're covering everything you need to know about fantasy baseball, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So now let's take a look at the Kansas City Royals, a team that you know maybe doesn't have high expectations coming into the season, but uh, they do have uh, some quality options for fantasy, just maybe not top, top tier. Uh, and we'll start with... Right fielder Whit Merrifield, although he also has second base eligibility, which that's particularly valuable. Merrifield's durable, can steal bases, is a 295 career hitter, has multi-position uh, eligibility. Uh, you can certainly uh, be happy with Whit Merrifield in your, you know, say top six or eight rounds uh, because of all those categories, all those factors. He, the fact that he can play second base uh, makes him uh, extra valuable. Uh, because that that is a bit of a, a wasteland for fantasy production. Uh, shortstop Alberto Mondesi uh, is an elite stolen base threat, and that alone uh, makes him uh, valuable uh, and good thing because most of the rest of his numbers are fairly mediocre. Uh, but if in a full season Mondesi gets you forty or fifty stolen bases, I mean that's that can make a real difference. And so you know, middle round pick on Alberto Mondesi uh, is worthwhile. Also in the middle rounds, catcher Salvador Perez. Uh, who tends to play a lot, you know, aside from 2019 when he was hurt, uh, is a better hitter than than most catchers. And so when you get, you know, the the volume, uh, the fact that he plays a lot and hits well, um, makes him one of the top, you know, few catchers uh, at the at the position that doesn't have a whole lot of uh, fantasy value in general. Uh, designated hitter Jorge Soler led the American League with 48 home runs in 2019. Now he only hit eight last season, but the high ceiling. Uh, does make him uh, appealing. And, and you can um, decide how early you want to take Solaire because, you know, maybe some of his other, like his batting average might not be great. Uh, but uh, at some point when you're deciding that y- you need more power, uh, the the draw of Jorge Solaire should still kind of lure you in. Uh, first baseman Carlos Santana is probably closer to a late round uh pick. He's a decent power threat, reasonably consistent, uh, does have trouble for with batting average. So if you're in a league that uses on base percentage instead of batting average, he becomes much more valuable because Santana throughout his entire career has shown that he can take a walk. Uh, and so, you know, last season, his batting average was like 199. Well, you know, that, that can be, uh, devastating, uh, for fantasy purposes. Uh, at the same time, you know, he hit 281 the year before. Uh, and so the, the inconsistency there uh, is what kind of adds real variability to Carlos Santana. You know, if you take him late, uh, then you're not really, you know, blindsided by the fact that he has a poor batting average. If he has a poor batting average uh, and he's a late round pick, well, then maybe you, you can unload him uh, and not feel bad about it. But if you've used, uh, you know, a middle round pick and you're, and you're looking at him hitting 190 for you, well, that, that becomes a, a, a problem. Uh, that it isn't easily rectified. Uh, third base, Hunter Dozier, probably a, a later round selection, but there, there's you know some sleeper potential here. Uh, in 2019, he had 26 home runs, had an 870 OPS. Uh, now he wasn't that that good last season and uh, and battled COVID, but uh, Dozier does you know he's not worth uh, an early selection uh, by any means. But uh, given what he showed in 2019, he also shouldn't be ignored altogether. Uh, now if we're, we're really going, uh, sleeper-ish, uh, left fielder, Andrew Benintendi, uh, has 
basically fallen off a cliff uh, in, in his last few years in Boston, and he needs a fresh start. Uh, he played 14 games for the Red Sox last year, hit 103 with a 442 OPS, uh, and certainly that those credentials aren't going to get you uh, anywhere in fantasy. But, you know, Benintendi, uh, in his first couple of seasons with the Red Sox, was a fairly productive uh, hitter, and, and he's still not, you know, it's, it's not a, an unsalvageable situation. Uh, just hope that uh, he can stay healthy and... Uh, it, it, this is why you you spend a late round pick on it because you know sort of a non, nothing ventured nothing gained you you take a shot at at Benintendi if he's healthy and he's hitting well then great you've you're, you're probably come out with some excess value if he's not you know either if he's not healthy or or he's still not hitting then you drop him and try someone else uh, and then the the Royals have you know a variety of other players who probably aren't going to draw much fantasy interest second baseman Nicky Lopez uh hasn't shown enough with his bat uh, to really be fantasy relevant, even at second base. Um, and center fielder Michael A. Taylor, uh, same uh, and kind of inconsistent playing time. Now, if he does play consistently, Taylor, you know, might be on the fringe of fantasy value. Uh, and then there's uh, Jared Dyson, uh, who's back with the Royals. And Dyson's sort of a, a one-trick pony for fantasy purposes. He, he can steal bases. Uh, and so then, then it just becomes a question of how much he's playing uh, to see whether or not he really has any... Uh, value. Um, but really, those last three uh, are probably going to be out on your waiver wire. Now, when it comes to Royals pitchers, uh, there's you know no, no elite starters for sure, uh, but some mid-round value. Uh, Mike Miner is one who had a tough 2020 season, um, and that's part of the reason that his value is going to be lower, uh, but he was quite effective in 2018 and 2019. So uh, Mike Miner is worth considering kind of middle rounds, uh, as is Brady Singer, uh, who is you know, a highly touted prospect. Uh, and then in a dozen starts last year at a 4.06 ERA, 1.17 whip, 8.5 strikeouts per nine. You know, none of that is uh, must have for fantasy. And certainly the 4.06 ERA is a, a tad high, uh, but there, there's promise there. And, and the whip and strikeout rate are at least uh, within range of, of having fantasy value. Then there's Brad Keller, uh, who had an incredible season last year, but I think there's some risk of, of being overrated because of it. He had a 2.47 ERA and a 1.02 whip, which uh, those are fantastic numbers, but he also had 5.8 strikeouts per nine, which is a really low uh, strikeout rate uh, and does make you wonder how sustainable uh, the other numbers are. And so uh, I, that it wouldn't, uh, you know, eliminate Brad Keller, uh, but I would probably be taking him later than, than most. Uh, veteran lefty uh, Danny Duffy uh, had a 4.95 ERA last season has had a 4.70 fielding independent pitching for three straight years. Uh, so that's probably too high to have uh, much fantasy appeal. Every once in a while, Duffy will go on some streaks uh, where you might uh, you know, want to stream him for a little while, but uh, most likely he should be out on the waiver wire. Uh, and Chris Bubich, uh, who did flash some potential as a rookie last year, uh, but probably needs better control uh, if he's going to have fantasy relevance. You know, you can't, can't have you know, four-plus walks per nine innings. Uh, and and still kind of keep your whip low enough to to have fantasy value, particularly when you're on the Royals and winning games is is not going to save your your fantasy value. Uh, closer Greg Holland was effective uh, in 2020. He returned to the closer role for the Royals after Trevor Rosenthal was traded, and he's a totally fine option uh, late. Uh, you know when you're when you're not looking for uh, an elite closer, but you're looking for a guy who might get a chance to get you 20 plus saves. And Greg Holland is, is there, uh, and you know that means you don't have to uh, put a whole lot of investment in him, uh, but uh, he might might be able to give you uh, that 
fill that one specific category. Uh, and at some point in 2021, maybe uh, prospect Carlos Hernandez uh, will get a shot with the Royals. He got a, a little taste in the majors last season, uh, but probably needs a little more time uh, in the minors before he gets a real shot. So when we come back, we will look at the Miami Marlins uh, and their prospects uh, for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the National Hockey League are all in full swing. Major League Baseball, as you may have heard, is on its way. Bet online even covers awards TV shows and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. Locked on Fantasy Baseball. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast. I'm going to use data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer strategies and waiver wire pickups that will lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get podcasts. And now to the Miami Marlins, a team that uh, is not unlike the the Kansas City Royals. They don't have elite talent uh, at the top end, but uh, several interesting mid-round kind of players for fantasy. And I guess first up... Uh, is Marlins third baseman, Brian Anderson, who you might take in the 10th round or so. He's a solid, reliable hitter, has power uh, and positional versatility, and that he's eligible at third base and outfield. Uh, that maybe isn't the flashiest and maybe not the most exciting pick, uh, but if Brian Anderson hits two, uh, you know, 260 and gives you 28 home runs, uh, that'll play. Uh, center fielder, Starling Marte. Uh, has had some inconsistency, but he, he has maybe a, a bit higher ceiling. And if, if Anderson is sort of a safe and steady, Marte might be one uh, who has more fluctuation, but uh, he also has two 2020 seasons in his career. Uh, if, if things are going right for him, uh, he has a chance to be a difference maker. And so, you know, you, you might even, uh, depending on, on how your draft is going, uh, you might feel uh, more inclined to take Marte ahead of Anderson uh, if you need someone who, who can really... Um, you know, has a higher ceiling, uh, although comes with a little more risk. Uh, then we start looking at later rounds uh, for the rest of the, the Marlins lineup. Uh, there's first baseman outfielder Garrett Cooper, uh, and it's reasonable to wonder about his playing time. Uh, but he's been able to hit. You know, in the past two seasons, he's got 281 average, 806 OPS. Uh, if Cooper has uh, a regular spot, which at the moment it doesn't appear, uh, then, you know, he'll have fantasy value. Uh, Will he get enough at bats? Uh, kind of spotting in uh, a little bit here, at, uh, you know, at first base, a little bit in right field, and then some pinch hitting. Well, that might not be enough, but uh, he's at least worth keeping an eye on uh, as the season gets going. Uh, shortstop Miguel Rojas had a 304 batting average with an 888 OPS last season, uh, which is a career best, uh, but doesn't have huge home run or stolen base numbers. And so, for fantasy purposes, at the very least, those are kind of soft uh, numbers and. You know that that probably means that you, know, you you'll take a shot at Rojas in the in the late rounds when you need a another middle infielder. That's kind of low risk. If it if it doesn't work, if the pick doesn't work out, you just move on. Uh, left fielder Corey Dickerson, uh, 
again, is probably a, a later round pick, but he's been able to hit. He's a 284 career hitter, has a couple of 20 home run seasons. If he gets regular playing time, a uh, chance that he could give you a positive return with a late round pick. Uh, first baseman Jesus Aguiar uh, did hit 35 home runs in 2018, uh, which seems like an aberration. Uh, you don't necessarily expect that that's the, the case, but he could give you 20 uh, if, he, if he plays regularly for the Marlins. Uh, infielder John Bertie, uh, who's a utility guy who can steal bases, but you don't know what uh, how much his playing time uh, is going to affect uh, his overall production. And so he's, you know, a late pick or, or a waiver wire. Uh, right fielder Adam Duvall is a two-time 30 home run hitter who was on pace for more than 40 last season. Again, he's a late round pick. You don't know about playing time necessarily for Duvall, but uh, he's also the kind of player that when you're late in your draft and you don't feel like you've had enough uh, power on your roster, if Adam Duvall is still hanging out there, that that's a way to address that uh, that uh, statistical category. Uh, catcher Jorge Alfaro you know, struggled at the plate last season, and which you know might just leave him kind of off the board for fantasy this year. But he did show some promise in 2018 and 2019, so I, I wouldn't uh, completely ignore him. Maybe uh, if you need a, a second catcher, uh, that that's where he falls in kind of in the late rounds. Uh, second baseman, I send Diaz. He might win the second base job, but so far hasn't been able to hit in the majors. Uh, he's done all right in the minors, but in 56 major league games, he's hitting 174. Uh, so uh, until that changes, uh, I, don't, I don't know that you have to invest a whole lot for I send Diaz. Uh, now to the pitching, which is a little more interesting. Uh, starting pitcher, Pablo Lopez, uh, Mike O, 7th or 8th round. He had a breakthrough season in 2020. 3.61 ERA, 1.19 whip, 9.3 strikeouts per nine. You know, if he could do that for a full season, uh, that has, you know, legitimate uh, fantasy appeal. Uh, then there's, you know, their highly touted prospect, Sixto Sanchez, probably goes in that 7th or 8th round. In seven starts last season for the Marlins, had a 3.46 ERA, 1.21 whip, 7.6 strikeouts per nine. And, you know, he, he touches 100 on the, on the gun pretty regularly. Uh, and so... You would expect that strikeout rate to uh, to improve, uh, and if if it does, uh, Sanchez has a chance to to really be uh, something special. And uh, and you know th- there is the reason you're not going to invest a, a super early pick in him is because there's uncertainty. You know we're looking at numbers through seven major league starts. Uh, he you know he and he started uh, better than he finished, I would say, last season. And so uh, if uh, you're going to take a run at Sixto Sanchez. Uh, you know, there's there's going to be some risk to it, but you're also playing for high upside. That uh, if if he pulls it all together, uh, you could have you know an ace caliber starter. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, another starting pitcher, might go in the middle rounds. His uh, pitch has started 45 games uh, for the Marlins, and in that time, 3.69 ERA is is all right. 1.31 WHIP is a touch high. 7.2 strikeouts per nine is a little low. At the same time, you you kind of put it all together and then you you can find a use for that uh, uh, at the back end of your fantasy rotation. Uh, Eliezer Hernandez, probably a later pick, uh, but in six starts last season, 3.16 ERA, 1.01 whip, and 11.9 strikeouts per nine. I mean, if Hernandez could give you that kind of uh, performance over a full season, like that would be ace caliber uh, stuff. So you you don't want to... you know, read too much into six starts, uh, one, either one way or the other. Uh, but uh, Eliezer Hernandez is certainly worth having on your fantasy radar. Uh, then you look to closer, Anthony Bass. Um, now, in the past two seasons, he's had a total of 12 saves. 3.54 ERA, 0.99 whip uh, with Seattle and Toronto. Uh, 
Now he also only had 7.8 strikeouts per nine, but you're not really looking at closers to uh, accumulate strikeouts. Now it's great if you have, you know, Josh Hader and, and you end up uh, with a few extra strikeouts because, uh, because he strikes out more than the standard closer. Uh, but that's not really a difference maker uh, in most fantasy leagues that uh, the, the limited amount of innings that they put up, uh, it, it, the difference in, uh, in strikeouts just tends not to be uh, a huge deal. Uh, the bigger question is, is whether Bass is able to hold the job uh, and can uh, rack up saves for the full season. You know, we're talking a guy who's made, who has 12 saves over the past two seasons as kind of uh, a part-time closer. Well, what, what happens uh, for a full season in, in 2021? Like, can he get 30? Uh, that, that would seem like a, an optimistic take uh, given his, his history. So uh, anyway, that's it. That'll uh, get us through the Miami Marlins, Kansas City Royals, and pitcher wins. Uh, we will continue uh, doing this tomorrow. So come back and uh, we will go through more stats, more teams, uh, and check out Locked on Fantasy Hockey, show that I'm hosting, and find these podcasts, subscribe, rate them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, radio.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked on Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis.